listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about what to do with those books you got for Christmas that you might not want. Like you're sitting at your house and you're like, I'm going to do a spring cleaning. I'm going to get my place looking spiffy and there's all these books that you don't know what to do with. Well, guess what? We're going to help you out and make your, clean those shelves off a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> we got you. Mm-hmm. But first, what are you reading, Bria? Um, I just finished a little book last night. I had no idea that Nettie Okorafor had written a little a memoir. I keep saying little because it actually Whoa. is very short. It's only like 100 pages. So it's Nettie Okorafor. Um, she, it's called Broken Places and Outer Spaces, Finding Creativity in the Unexpected. And I cool. saw something in an interview with her or something, and she was like, oh, I wrote this little mem. It's basically like a little memoir of her life because when she was in college, she had— so she had scoliosis, and she had a surgery, and I'm not giving anything away. She had a surgery to fix the scoliosis, and it was like, there's like— 99% chance you're going to be fine. 1% chance you'll get paralyzed. You know, and they're like, well, oh my ob- God. obviously we'll do this. Um, she was the 1%. She was paralyzed from the waist down and had to learn to walk again. And um, wow. and it's, it, it's, a, it's about like her going through this, which is obviously, you know, a, a big moment in her life because um, she was an athlete and she went from being an athlete to having to, to learn to walk again overnight. Um, and also um, just about how that influenced her interest in sci-fi. She was already a horror reader, but she wasn't really a sci-fi reader and how that how that's just influenced her in that direction um, and sort of how she decided to become she was gonna be a doctor like she had she was in pre she was a pre-med student. And because of this experience, she ended up uh, taking a creative writing class. And, like, it just, I mean, it's just a really interesting journey. And I love her writing, as you know. So it was interesting to me to see her talk about this part of her life that I knew nothing about. That obviously had this huge effect on her and changed everything that she she was doing. Uh, And she talks a lot about other artists and writers and— yeah, it's a great little book. Look, if you're looking to um, read like a, a very, it's a very, it's like a hundred pages. So it's not like you're getting into this huge long thing. It's just about this particular part of her life and how it affected her writing and made her who she is. Um, hmm. Yeah. What are you reading? I am reading the total opposite. I'm reading a huge fucking honker. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it feels like, for me, uh, Winter feels like honker time. It, like you it, just it really is. I totally agree. Honker I, down. I just, it's I, cold. I just got on the wait list for a very large book at the library that I was. I'm hoping will come soon. Yeah, it's just you want to get under a blanket. Um, so my honker right now is a book that I've been waiting waiting to read. It's The Shadowland by Elizabeth Kostova. Uh, this is the lady who wrote The Swan Thieves, The Historian. Ah, I love cool. both of her other books. Uh, so I was really excited to read this one. It's another historical mystery that has to do with art. It's about this young American woman, and her life is kind of— um, She's grieving. Her brother has has disappeared. Um, she has like this family trauma that's happening, and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna go teach English in Bulgaria. I'm gonna get away. I'm gonna travel." Um, and she gets there, and literally, as soon as she lands, she tries to get go to her hotel, and she ends up helping this family of these, and these two older people into a taxi. And as soon as she gets into the taxi of her own, she realizes that she accidentally grabbed one of their bags, and inside that bag is the ashes of somebody. Oh gosh. And so she's like, 
oh, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> I, I don't know who these people are. I don't know how to find them. So her, and her, she ends up be, befriending her, her taxi driver, who's this really nice guy she becomes close friends with. And he kind of joins her on this mission to try to find these people. And through as she's like trying going through Bulgaria with the help of this taxi driver trying to find these people, um, it's also intertwined with the story of the man who's she, like whose ashes she's carrying her around. And it's just a really cool mystery. It's really... Um, it's a history of Bulgaria. It's really, uh, it's about art and how um, the the awful, sad consequences when you oppress, when a country is oppressive, especially oppressive to people who make art. Uh, it's really, I'm only about, I don't know, a f- uh, third of the way through it, right? I mean, it is a honker. It's like 500 pages, 600 pages, um, but it is, it's really great. Elizabeth Kostova is so wonderful at making uh, a really big book be very, very compelling and easy to read. Uh, so that's The Shadowland by Elizabeth Kostova. And mine is Broken Places and Outer Spaces by Nettie Corfor. And folks, quick New Year's update from our sound magician, Sean. Sean says, I just read Echo Park by Michael Connolly. My parents sent it to me for Christmas after badgering me to read it. I stayed up till 4 a.m. reading the other night because I got to the point of no return. And now I'm reading Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Curian. Sounds fantastic. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sarah wrote in, Hi, Reading Glasses. Yet another Sarah here. My TBR has been out of control for some time now. I've made efforts to reduce it here and there, but something Bria said recently really stuck with me. She reframed it as, if you read X books per year, it will take you Y years to read every book on your TBR. I had 1,345 books on my Goodreads (laughs) TBR. Even if I was reading at my all-time rate of 70 books a year, it would take me 22 years to get through all that. Over the last month, I've spent a lot of time going through and considering which books I really want to spend time with. I managed to get my TBR down to 760 books. I know that's still high, but it feels so much more manageable. I'm excited to focus on books that really call to me. Thank you both for always being awesome. That is cool. And it's a good way to look at your TBR list because there's a lot of people who are... I mean, we're we're hoarding on those TBR lists, and I'm guilty of this as well. We but are. Th- but there is something again. I love the beginning of the year, so because I feel like I can let go of a lot of stuff and be like, I- I'm never going to read this book. I'm never going to read this book. Like, I just need to get rid of certain certain books. Lauren wrote in, um, my name isn't Sarah, but I- and I don't have any hot book tips. What is the absence of a hot book tip? Well, well, but I wanted to reach out and tell you both how. But tell you both how much your podcast has helped me since I started listening in 2020. Through your podcast, I've learned that I most enjoy reading books that can be started and finished in one to two days. I hear that, Lauren. Uh, this includes graphic novels, middle grade books, and novellas. Every time I start to feel guilt, book guilt for only reading smaller texts, I think of the both of you and feel absolved. The same goes for book dumping, which seems impossible seemed impossible when I first started trying to pick up reading as a hobby again. And guess what? Thanks to you and your podcast, two amazing things have happened. Okay, are we ready for these? Number one. I'm I read, ready. I read 20 books in 2020, and I've read 78 in 2021. Jesus. I'm currently reading— Oh, my God. They Call Us Enemy by George Takai. That's great. Uh, or Takai. Wow. George Takai. Um, and, uh, number two, my local librarian recognized me when I walked into the library the other day. They saw me, (laughs) they saw me walk into the library and grab my books from the back before needing to scan my card. I felt like a VIP and it totally made my day. A library VIP. Ever. (laughs) Um, I haven't filled my wheelhouse, but here's what I have so far. Gay graphic novels. 
That was in all caps. That's why I said it like that. Gay yeah. graphic <laughs> novels. Um, I mean, I feel like that's something that many glassers so love. True. I think that we all all love that. It's so true. Uh, magical realism, mouthwatering pictures or descriptions of food, characters with good decision-making skills, and memoirs with the theme of self, self-improvement slash humor. Love that. Fantastic. Love Thanks. it. Thanks, Congratulations, Lauren. Lauren. Wow, that is exponential growth. Great. Very That's cool. So, so cool. We're very honored and excited to be a part of that. Congratulations. So, folks, you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, we put a lot of effort. And by we, I mean Bria, who's the one who puts all put the, puts the newsletters together every month. Um, she puts, so it's a huge list of every book that we've ever talked about on the show that month. And we put in an extra recommendation from both of us um, in that newsletter. It's really, really cool. It's really, really fun. It's a great, nice little bit of bookish positivity in your inbox. You can sign up for it. There's a link in the show notes. Just put your email and your name in there and boom, you're there. Uh, So before we help you figure out what to do with the books you got for Christmas that you might not want, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Curology. Do you get mask knee from wearing your KN95? Maybe you get stress or period breakouts, or maybe you're in the midst of some winter dry skin woes. The thing is, no two breakouts are exactly alike, but you can target your skin's unique triggers, whether it's any of those things that I just listed, something new, maybe a combination of the things, with a custom formula made by Curology. It's made just for you from proven prescription ingredients. So there's no more getting lost in the skincare aisle or on a skincare website trying to guess at what's going to work for you, ordering samples, breaking out, trying to figure out what what is going to work. Curology takes the pain out of finding the right products by sending you a full dermatologist-designed routine, a cleanser, a moisturizer, and a custom formula made for your goals. In addition to the cleanser and moisturizer, they also offer a body wash and now a lip balm. We got our specialized Curology boxes. They come in a really cute box. It's very fun. Uh, We each took our quiz about our specific skin types and the problems that we had. And I will say, normally I break out when I try new things. Uh, I was really impressed when I, uh, immediately when I started trying Curology, I did not break out. I did not get any redness. Uh, The first thing I noticed uh, when I was using it after about a week is that my skin got way softer, which is really nice. I live up in the mountains now and it's wicked dry up here and uh, having soft skin is definitely something that feels a little out of reach until spring comes around, but I was really, really impressed. So if you want to get started with Curology and try it out, no matter what kind of problems you have with your skin, you can get started for free with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash glasses. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. So that's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash glasses to start your free 30-day trial. So that's a whole month's worth of skincare for free. You can cancel anytime. Definitely worth getting this trial and giving it a shot. Doesn't matter. If you are having some dry skin problems like me, if you're breaking out, if you are too dry, too oily, your combination, there's so many different ways that our our, our skin can have problems, especially this time of year. Uh, the prescription is subject to consultation. You got to take a little quiz, uh, but you can get started with Curology today. So that's curology.com slash glasses for a free 30-day trial. Glasses. Glasses. 
you're in a theater, the lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. This week, we hope you all had a wonderful holiday break, whatever and however you celebrate. As readers, we've all had it happen. For whatever winter holiday you celebrate, someone gets you a book that you've either already read and already have or you don't want. What do you do? What is the reader etiquette here? Well, we are here to help. Mm -hmm. Bria, do you have any weird book gift stories? Not really. I I mean, I've had people double gift me books. Um, I do have a story in college. I started dating this guy and like, like a week before Christmas. And he bought me all these like feminism and vegan books for Christmas. And I was like, um, I already have these. These are my whole identity right now. Um, He's like, have you ever heard of Bell Hooks? I'm like, I invented uh, vegan feminism as far as I know right now. I'm 20 years old. This is how I believe. This is everything. Um, uh, And I quit dating him. (laughs) Wow. You're like, bad bad, bad Christmas books. Uh, I was just like, how could you think I didn't know these already? Uh, it wasn't for that reason, actually. But um, so I don't know. When I think about books being gifted to me that I already have, sometimes I think about that guy. But um, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, if someone gifted me a book that I already had, I'd be like, wow, you know me pretty well. Because I don't buy that many yeah. books. You know, like, and if it's a book I've like read and it's from the library, I'm like, oh, that's fine. I don't mind owning this book. But people don't gift me books very often. So this doesn't happen very much. I never bother giving you books because for that very reason. People would know that I've, I've read it. You know, my brother gives me books and he always gives me books I haven't read, which is pretty impressive. Like he gives me a book almost every year and I'm always like, oh, wow. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any good slash weird book gift stories? Yeah, I have I have a few, but my, I think my my worst ever one was when I so I was twenty one years old. Uh, this was before I stopped having a relationship with my biological family uh, and my father's best friend, um, who I he's been my father's best friend for like you know fifty years or something. It's so some, so he's like a guy who I had known since I was a baby. Uh, he got me the first book in Anne Rice's Sleeping Beauty erotica series. Also, R.I.P. Anne Rice and Bell Hooks and. Joan Didion and Eve Babbitts and all the sad losses that we had. Um, but yeah, I was fucking mortified. Like I'm sitting there in front of my dad's side of the family opening up this erotica book. And I at first I thought maybe like he didn't know yeah, that what it was. So I blurted out, I was like, oh, wow, I've never read any erotica before. And he smiled and was like, if you like it, I'll get you the rest of the series. And I wanted to fucking die. It was so creepy and so inappropriate. Luckily, I don't have a relationship with my biological family anymore. And I didn't have to worry about him trying to buy me the rest of the series. And then I couldn't read it because I was like, I can't can't read. I ended up giving it to a friend of mine in my book club at the time because I was like, I can't read this because it now has an association with my dad's best friend who's like my Uh. uncle. Uncle, this is so fucking creepy. 
So yeah, uh, apologies to anyone in the world, anyone listening who's also had a similar experience. It is the fucking worst. Um, So first up, we want to say you are always free to do whatever you want if you open up that book and there's a gift receipt inside. Gift receipt is your magical get out of jail card. Mm -hmm. It is the where all the gold at the end of the rainbow lives. Uh, There's a good chance that if someone knows you're a reader and got you a book, they know you well enough to assume that you might have already read it. Mm -hmm. So if there's a gift receipt, you feel no guilt. Don't worry about it at all. Just thank them. And even if you don't already have the book and you just don't want it, tell the person that you already have it. Thank them and say you'll you'll use the gift receipt to get another book, which is true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And uh, this is a good—this is such good advice to gift givers. Include that gift receipt. You know, people will use it for sure. Um, All right. But what if there isn't a gift receipt? Yes. What what are we going to do then? Bria, do you think it's okay to re-gift a book? I'm going to say sure. Why not? Like, especially if you're like me and you don't really care if you keep your books after you read them. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I just, I, I don't need to have a shelf full of books. I get most of my books from the library. I don't want to move them. I don't want to worry about them. I don't want to clean those shelves. I don't want to be dusting them. Like, this just gives me, like, a book is, is work since most of my books are digital. Um, I have definitely re-gifted for White Elephant, it is actually a great white elephant gift. I will take like three books that are pretty good, wrap them up, and I spent way under the $20 limit. I spent $0, you know, or however much, you know, because white elephant gifts are really hard because $20 is not very much money anymore. Like, I feel like when mm-hmm. they started 45 years ago, $20 was the limit still or something. Well, when I was in high school, $20 was the limit, and that was like way more money. You could buy, you know, a whole buttload of stuff from Bath and Body Works, which is probably what I bought people in high school. I don't know. But um, I, I— Oh, God, it, yeah. I, but now I'm like— some cucumber I, melon lotion. Yeah, yeah, some plumeria. Um, I, but now I'm like, okay, I can buy, like, a candle for somebody. Anyway, but I have done this before where I just wrap up a bunch of books that I'm like, I like these books, but uh, I don't need them because I already have them or, or, or whatever. So I think, yeah. What about you? Do you, do you read—how do you feel about re-gifting? Well, I will say I actually think your method might be a better way of doing it because every time I buy uh, books, I because I'm me, I always fucking buy books for a white elephant or a Yankee swap or whatever. Uh, I remember the last time I did, it was uh, at a friend of ours Christmas party and there was a like, big gift swap. So I was so excited and I bought um, Lauren Bucus's The Shining Girls and some other book and I was yeah. so excited and a, friend, a mutual friend of ours opened it up and was like, oh, great. And then left it underneath his chair and left it at the party and and the our friend who 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 uh who threw the party was like hey I have these books here and I was like I guess you can just keep them I guess you can read them but so because of that I would say it almost probably would be better to take books from your own collection that that still look like new because then you won't be wasting money if somebody doesn't mm-hmm. want them Mm-hmm. Uh, but so yeah, I I think it's fucking fine. It's obviously not like ideal, but think about it as if think about it as if the person who gifted you the book gave you a bookstore gift card that, that you're <laughs> then using to get a gift for someone else. <laughs> Technically, they're saving you money. Uh, I will say that you should be re-gifting this book to someone who you think would actually like it. Um, if it's a really bad book or a silly book, then you know, bring it to a Yankee Swap or something. That would also be kind of funny. Is a Yankee Swap um, like White Elephant? What is the difference? 
I think it's all the same. I think it's just a regional thing. I think Yankee Swap is like I, we've. Ta- I think we talked about this show mm. on the uh, show a while ago. Um, but I'm from New England, and that we always called it a Yankee Swap. Is like when everyone gets. I think that the rules might be slightly different, but everyone gets a. Everyone brings a gift. You and then you get a number, and that number is the order you grab the gift and open it. But then you you get the chance to like swap your gift for something that's already been opened. It's the exact same um, as White Elephant. Yeah, there. I think there's what just is the what is it. the origin there, y'all? You do like Yankees. What is the Yankee part? <laughs> I because maybe we are Yankees and uh, we're swapping things. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the 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 origin of of the of the term, but I got it. At least where I grew up in Massachusetts, in Northeast Massachusetts, everyone that I knew called it a Yankee swab. Sure, which is not like a secret Santa. It's different. Oh yeah, um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think regifting books is absolutely fine. Uh, and if you can't or don't want to regift it, but you really don't, I, I, I find a lot of people get like bound up in guilt and like mm-hmm. they, they have too much guilt to, to, to regift it, but they really don't want it. Don't fucking keep that book, folks. Don't keep it. It's just mm-hmm. going to sit on your shelf for years and then you're going to have to get rid of it. Then after it's like collected dust and gotten kind of yellowed and like maybe smells like your cat, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you get it, if you know you don't want it, donate it. I mean, you can even try selling it to a used bookstore if you want. But find a rehome that book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or we're going to recommend something a post Christmas book swap. So see if there are other reader friends in your life that also got a book or two that they don't want for Christmas. Maybe if you're in a book club or something, um, uh, that would be a great place to be like, hey, everyone want to bring their books? Although my book club's mean, not meeting in person this month. So I, I don't know if other book clubs are doing that as well. Uh-huh. Um, but either way, this is just general advice. Um, that way you can get a chance to get a book you really might want and find a home for that book that you got that you possibly don't want or already have a copy of. But what happens if later on in the year, that dreaded thing oh, that no. we always hope doesn't happen, the person asked you, the person that gave you the book asked you what you thought of the book. Ugh, and the, What do the, you do? The red rises up in your smoke. face. You're trying to figure <laughs> out what to do. Throw a smoke bomb and run away. <laughs> Jump into the sewer. Well, obviously, if you already had it, you don't have to worry about lying. You can be like, you know what? I actually already had that one, but I swapped it with someone. Or, you know, you can just tell them, like, it's sitting on my shelf next to the other one. I really liked it. You obviously know me really well, the fact that you got a book that I already owned. Uh, but what, what what are the other options if you just got rid of it? I mean— we always say this on the show and it is painful to do, but folks, you should just be honest because if you're not, they're just going to give you more books like that. You know, if I, you know, if I had had been more, if I, if I still had a relationship with my biological family, my weird, creepy, fake uncle would have kept getting me those stupid <laughs> beauty books because I was, because I was too mortified to be like, Hey, this is fucking creepy. Don't buy me erotica books. I am like your niece, don't do that. Uh, so say that you checked it out, but it wasn't for you for some benign reason. Be like, oh, I don't know, insert genre here isn't quite for me, but I've been really into other genre mm-hmm. to lay down some hints. You know, you got to be honest. Yeah. If it's a person who's insisting on buying you books every year, then maybe you should let them know what you do want. Because you're just going to be wasting their money. That's I think- like... I also think there is, a, there is a way out of saying, you know what, I haven't got to it yet because I'm right now, all I'm reading is is uh, Cinderella eroticas. So I have no, it was <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. But please I'm don't buy as, me those because I'm that's not, weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I've just really been into this other thing this year, but it is still on, but I haven't gotten to it yet, which is true. Even if you gave it away, you haven't gotten to it yet. Would Cinderella Cinderella erotica be like into feet stuff? Oh, right, because you're just a sleeping beauty? Yeah, definitely. That would be like a feet, a foot like, fetish oh, erotica. Oh, you're putting, my, putting the shoe on the foot. That or like if you have some sort of fetish for like little woodland creatures making you clothes. <laughs> that would be Snow White though. Oh, wait, oh, wait. no. That's Cinderella? Yeah. Cinderella, yeah. Riding around oh, in a pumpkin. Has- You're like having an in- interior <laughs> pumpkin <laughs> fetish. Be so slimy. Uh yeah, so folks, be be honest, but uh, find if the a way to drop hints. That's what we think. Like, yes. drop the hint of like, you know what I do love nonfiction about birds. That's all I've devoured this year, and they'll be like, oh, and then they'll probably get you some book you've already read anyway. But go, whatever, I think it's totally fine. But what we're ultimately saying is, don't feel bad. We are very anti book guilt here on Reading Glasses, and if you get a book that you don't want or you've already had, it's absolutely okay to get rid of it in any way that you see fit. But we do recommend finding a home for it and maybe being able to get another book that you like instead in its place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com before we answer a recommendation request. We're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. Normally, I try to do a sexy voice. I don't have a sexy voice, so I am not going to even attempt that for this ad read. But I will say, if you are looking for some sexy voices, Dipsy has got you covered. You know, we're in the middle of winter, folks. It's a little dark. We're all feeling a little bit down. If you are looking for something to brighten up these long, dark winter nights, uh, maybe warm you up a little bit, you should try Dipsy Stories. It's an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they have even brand new written stories. So even if you can't listen, you're somewhere and you don't want to listen to it, you can read it. Maybe if you're feeling cheeky in line at the post office, at the grocery store, right before bed, all you have to do is close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. You can explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. Uh, There's all kinds of stories. I mean, there are things that are really really vanilla, but if you were always curious about reading uh, or finding out about things that are a little kinkier, Dipsy is perfect. You can literally just like dip your toe into something. If you aren't into it, find another story. Uh, There's hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every week. We know how you romance readers are the most rabid, uh, enthusiastic readers out there. So you don't have to worry about running out of content. There's always going to be more to explore. Our favorite thing, of course, is that you can search by your sexy wheelhouse. If you're looking for sexy accents, if you're looking for particular types of characters or relationships, if you're looking for queer stories, there's so much to explore on Dipsy. And the cool thing is you can do it for a whole month for free. So for Glassers, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. So it's 30 days of full access. It's not one of those like weird trial uh, subscriptions where they're like, all right, well, here's only a little bit, but you have to pay to check out the full thing. No, you get full access for free for a month. That's a lot of stories that you can listen to and read. We love Dipsy. They're set up. They really have... 
readers in mind. It's definitely curated specifically for people who are into erotica, into romance. Maybe you've always been curious about erotica and romance and you want uh, to get into it, but you're not sure how. These Dipsy stories are short, really easily accessible, meaning that you can try out a bunch of different genres really, really quickly and find out what you're into. So all you got to do is go to DIP. S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, <laughs> addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses, hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Time to answer a recommendation request. Bailey writes in... I'm making this recommendation request on behalf of my husband, who's expressed interest in reading more, so I'm trying to help him find books to get excited about. I was hoping you could recommend a book that is a read-alike for the Amazon show Carnival Row. I haven't watched the show, Mallory, have you? Ne- neither have I, but I know it's pretty popular. Um, the world of the show is a cross between steampunk and fantasy and also a mystery following multiple interconnected storylines. Bonus points for a book with strong world building. Also, I've been trying to think about my wheelhouse, and here's what I have so far. Bailey's wheelhouse is flowery, beautiful descriptions of magic, strong world building. Oh, I see the couple The couple both love strong world building. Character-driven mysteries, and England between World War I and World War II. This one surprised me, but it just kept coming up in my stories. Thank you for making the show. Thanks to the pandemic and a used Kindle from eBay. I've been reading more than ever this past year, and listening to y'all each week helps keep me inspired to read. Yay. I feel like in this point in the show, we are experts at recommending books for people's husbands. <laughs> Your husband needs some help. Come to us on Reading Glasses. What does this we husband got you. need? All right, well, what do you got? What do you have for Bailey's husband? The husband should read The Spectral City by Leanna Heber. Uh, it's the first in a series, uh, and it is so spot on for Carnival Row. It is late 1800s New York, which is the same time period and place as Carnival Row. And um, it is, so it's basically, the main character is a medium, who, and she helps the police solve crimes by talking to ghosts. Um only the latest crime mystery is that her ghost colleagues are disappearing and she needs to figure out what's happening to them. Um, so it's the same thing as Carnival Row, where it's like the mix of two worlds, like the human world and the supernatural world. There's a big mystery going on. Same time period, same place. I think it's going to scratch a lot of the same itches. I think it's a perfect fit. Um, what do you think Bailey's husband should read? I'm going to recommend um, the Dresden Files series by Jim Butcher. Oh, this is a good idea. Yeah. The first one is called Stormfront. Um, I don't think I actually read the first one. I need to reread them because it's been a long time, and I like to recommend them. 
But I haven't, I think I like skipped around and read some random ones because they were based on specific things I was interested in at that moment. But basically it is fantasy slash mystery with a hard-boiled detective who's also a wizard. So I think it has the world building, but then it also has like interconnected storylines and some fantasy and mystery stuff so that Bailey's husband could get into it. And it's a series like the one you said. So that'll be like, you know, he'll have a couple of things he can dive into. Yeah, I think these are really good recommendations. Yeah, if you ever want uh, a recommendation request for yourself or your husband slash or, or husband or dad, uh, <laughs> please, we're experts. You can send them to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Kim writes in, First, my husband and I love your podcast. I especially appreciate the permission to break every reading rule that has been set by my many years of higher education, chiefly dumping books, considering audiobooks as reading, and removing the great stigma of the e-reader, among many other things. Thank you. I am an e-reader, but I'm also dyslexic. Note, I know the dyslexia font is available, but I have trained my brain to conform to a standard sans serif that it doesn't make much of a difference for me. The thing I love most about my Kindle is the ability to adjust my font, text size, and brightness to create the most ideal visual landscape for reading, which allows me to read easier and faster. However, I have noticed one thing with the Kindle that is literally the worst— hyphens on the line break. Mm -hmm. The hyphenated line break is terrible because not only does it break the word in half, but it places the front half of the word on the right side of the page and the back half of the word down a line and entirely on the left side, separated by what feels like an extraordinary amount of space and time. It requires valuable reading energy to reconnect the hyphenated word and really disrupts the flow of the narrative. I could probably adjust my font size so it reduces the line break issue, but then my ideal reading speed is still hindered. In Adobe InDesign, there is a paragraph option to turn line break hyphen off. Is there something like this in the Kindle settings I am missing? If not, any other suggestions that could help reduce the number of hyphens? Um, Bria, what should Kim do? Um, yeah, this is annoying and I hear you. Um, and I think it has to do with the font size because I, I think the weird thing about Kindle is that, and I think all, I don't know if this goes for all e-readers, so someone else would have to write in and say, but I think it's a justification issue. Like for some reason, Kindle wants all those sentences to take up the space all the way across for some weird reason. Um, I never understand that. Like it must be for looks where they're like, it's got to go all the way across the page. I don't know yeah. why, but that's why, because I know when I set it, I set mine for a bigger font because I'm losing my up-close reading uh, ability. And I'm, it's a little bit fuzzy. It gives me a little bit of a headache. So if I make it a little bit bigger, then it, um, yeah, then then there's more hyphenated words because it wants it to take up the whole page. But um, I think Mallory figured out the problem. You figured it out. I did a bunch of research about this because that is my superpower. Um, and I've got some things for you to try, Kim. Um, so someone in a forum said, turn off full justification yeah. under the AA icon when you have a book open. Um and go with jagged right edge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's not hopefully- all pretty. It's not pretty and justified. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also use the Bookerly font, which is Amazon's default font, which greatly reduces the hyphenation. Um, but it seems like currently, as of right now, you know, first month of 2022, Amazon does not have a turn off the hyphenation option like Adobe does, uh, like Kim said. Um, but I, reading around some other forums, it seems like a nice, an easy, simple thing that would make it so Kim doesn't have to change the font size or her, um, or the font itself is, Kim, can you try reading in landscape mode? Would that help? Still gonna, Making it's, it wider? It's still going to have the justification problem. Because it doesn't Uh matter 
I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, but it'd be that pretty easy like, to try. <laughs> it, it's easy to try, but that feels like it's still a luck of the draw because it's whatever word is at the end for. I, I get what you're saying because if the words are bigger, maybe, maybe that would help. Try but it. I think you're still going to end up with the same problem sometimes. And I think, I, I think this is a justification issue. And and I think and the other thing about Bookerly is that um, Kim said that she can do sans serif, but is Bookerly sans serif? I don't know. I don't know. I've I don't I've never. Uh, I I have Kobo, so I, Bookerly is I think it's an Amazon font. But I Kim, there's here, try try all, all these things. Try turning off full justification. Yeah, and, and uh, try the a, Bookerly font. It, Bookerly is serif. Um, uh, is a serif font. I learned this from Lauren. This is I learned this on our show, mm-hmm. the difference between sans serif and serif, um, because I know Bookerly, yeah, it's serif, um, so that might not be possible, a possibility for Kim, um, since um, she's dyslexic, and she said that she has trained her brain to conform to standards sans serif. Um, I think it's this justification issue, but let us know what happens. I, I'll try to turn mine off too and see what happens because I've never even thought about doing that, but it would make your life so much easier because the stupid justification, like why? Why why does it need to be side to side? I think it's a an aesthetic thing. Yeah, it's got to be. So well, hopefully Amazon, because there were definitely a bunch of people complaining about it on the mm, internet. So hopefully mm-hmm. Amazon fixes that. But for now, try turning off full justification. Try using Bookerly. Try reading in landscape mode. Um, I got that idea because a lot of people with the same issue said that it helped. Mm, okay. So maybe all three, with with the power combined of all these three things, it'll make life easier for Kim. And if anyone uh, has Kim's same problem and has found a solution, please let us know. And if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses shirts, tote bags, mugs, pillows, sweatshirts. The sweatshirts are really cute. Over Mm -hmm. at our Void Merch store, there's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more readers. It helps us reach more advertisers. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. On Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading.